0: Welcome to Drawn to Trek, a new podcast from Trek Geeks covering all the animated Star Trek series. That just sounds weird, because for so long, all we've had was Star Trek the Animated Series, or TAS. And by the end of this year, we're going to have three animated series, not to mention the two other animated short treks. I'm Aaron Harvey, your host and co-author of Star Trek, The Official Guide to the Animated Series. And we do not have an intro for the show yet. Uh, If you look up royalty-free music for cartoons and animation, you get this. And that does not work. (laughs) <laughs> but while I'm working on the intro, I am also gathering my resources and, and people because I'm not going to be the only person on this journey. Uh, for each animated Trek series, a different co-host will be joining me. In a few weeks, we'll be kicking off the podcast with Season 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks with Jesse Gender. Jesse is a fantastic YouTuber, and a Lower Decks has become one of her favorite Treks. For TAS, I'll be joined by John Cooley, someone who has a really deep understanding of the era of the first animated Star Trek, and also turns out to have been somebody I was in anthropology class with in college, so kind of feels like fate. And for Star Trek prodigy, Darren Moser, my former co-host of my original animated series podcast, will be not only bringing his perspective to the podcast, but also his children's perspective. So I thought for this first episode, Zero, I would take a few minutes to talk with Jesse, John, and Darren, so you can meet the co-hosts. And then for season two premiere of Lower Decks, all four of us will be on board to smash a bottle of virtual Dom across the hull of the podcast and christen the show. This metaphor is falling apart. So, hey, Jesse,
1: how are you? Hey. hey. Hello. I'm I have wa- so I have warped in. I was a- transported probably makes the most sense. No, I warped in. I warped. Yeah, you warped me. You warped me. There we go. <laughs> yeah what, was the, what is her line the uh warp me yeah, warp me. yeah. yeah. <laughs> my favorite it's honest honest to god i i mean this with all sincerity i freaking love that i mean that's why i love the show but it's i love that captain's thing i want her to actually use that within like because that was technically the hologram version of her but, right yeah. yeah well if she's
0: if that was programmed with all of the information and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be super accurate that's probably what she does you know? yeah
1: yeah it's true i mean come on it's better than hit it like come on <laughs>
0: So, yeah, August uh, 12th, we have season two of Lower Decks
1: coming out. And we were talking before, Lower Decks has become one of your favorite Star Treks. Mm -hmm. It it is easily uh, one of my favorite. Like, I I say my top three are Deep Space Nine because I think that's sort of the most qualitative one. Um, Enterprise because it's just the weird, like, black sheep (laughs) of the Star Trek franchise. And I, I, I recognize it is the most flawed but I I love it for its absolute weirdness. It has all the best immersive so, track. Enterprise to you is T A S to
0: me. So. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, but then uh, Lower Decks I think is like the one that I think speaks to me and my sensibilities the most. Like again, Deep Design is the one that I think is the most qualitative out of all them. But Lower Decks just has this like matches my spirit whereas like i love star trek there's this joy with star trek and lower decks like clearly it's just a show that's built out of passion and joy for it but it also has like holds it with a little bit of irreverence and like is willing to poke at the weirdness and strangenesses of it and like all that stuff but then on top of that it also has like really strong characters and really strong character arcs so it like kind of marries just all the stuff that i love
0: it really talks to the writing about the fact that you can watch a, what, 23 minute episode, 20, mm-hmm. however short it is, and get so much character information and actually feel like you've gone through an emotional arc with these people.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kind of, exactly.
0: Especially, I think my favorite is it has to be Crisis Point. Just oh, yeah. The, Crazy. Cris- the, 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 on top of making fun of the movies and everything, which was just fantastic on its own, and they they uh, make a, a joke of the motion picture very long ship scene, which is like one of my <laughs> favorite ship, ship scenes. But <laughs> yeah. I understand that it is also excessively long. So,
1: well, I also love the story that Mike McMahon had ask them to like Phil like so he could pay more did you hear that story Mike McMahon literally said like I had to go to CBS and say I need more money to make this scene longer and they were like (laughs) really and he's like yes it is very important
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is hilarious yeah Yeah, because that was all done with uh, 3d and and Mm -hmm. like I I feel like that probably does cost more money than their regular animation Yeah, yeah it's also fun to watch the what they're doing and see what it is the 21st century equivalent of what they did in the 1970s for for TAS. It's like, oh, okay, this is you know, it's not quite as cut and paste, but it's like, oh, you're saving money by doing this. I see like lighting is really just a white line highlighting the side. You know, there's there's things that are like really cool, but when you when you take it apart.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they can do a lot more too. Like the stuff that they do with like the uh, the jellyfish thing in the one yeah. episode, It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The the ship turning into all those different environments in the other that episode, was amazing. Yeah, which that was so I don't understand how the ship survives that, but <laughs> yeah. it looked damn awesome. I loved it. It's just so visually. It's it's one of the things that I really love about like. You know, people people complain about this era of animation to a degree, like the Rick and Morty's and stuff like mm. that. I, I personally like this era, but I can understand why it's a certain taste for some people. But one of the things that I love about it, and it translates to Lower Decks, is like there are so many great visual gags that you could spend hours just going over and looking through and finding in the background. Like all these shows oh, have yeah. done, like Rick and Morty does it, Lower Decks does it. Um, the other one that Mike McPhan does it, that I'm, I'm Solar Opposites, that I also really enjoy. Like you can just just walk through those episodes frame by frame and find a billion different things and so that's just Which a lot of fun literally what i will do for season two mm-hmm.
0: that's what i did
1: mm-hmm. for the first season mm-hmm. yeah oh oh i'm just i'm uh, chomping at the bit. Like yeah yeah i'm so i'm right. so excited the other thing, too, that I like about animated Star Trek, since this is, like, the theme of your show, uh, is... is <laughs> our show. Um, our show, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, just in whole, you're, like, going to have yes. other... You're going to talk about all the animated stuff. Uh, yep. It's just, like, I feel like the animated sections of any big franchise are where, like, it can push the boundaries and, like, test stuff and find yeah. things that will eventually become mainstays of the series proper. I mean, like, Lower Decks hasn't uh, been around long enough for that to happen yet, but if you look over at, like, Star Wars... And you see, yeah. uh, like, all the stuff that Clone Wars and Rebels introduced over in that franchise and how much all of that, like, Ahsoka's now getting her own show. Mandalorian was literally all, like, of stuff playing out from Clone Wars and, and bringing yeah. in characters from there. Um, and, and so, a little bit from the animated uh, Star Wars holiday special for the Mandalorian. There's bits exactly. and pieces of that which is easy (laughs) exactly so it's it's i feel like that's uh that like animation is like really where franchises are allowed to like break out of the mold and try and 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 explore and do new things and try new things and i think that that's going to be really cool so i really think like if people really want an idea of what Star Trek's gonna be, you know, five years from now. I think looking at Lower Decks and Prodigy will probably yeah. be the two biggest tells-tale signs of like what the main like franchise will become in the next five so years. So yeah, I, I'm just so pumped for Lower Decks. I I'm honestly just like I you know I think the only other show that I'm I'm More excited for would be like strange new worlds, and also I guess Prodigy, Mm. but like I guess more excited, but like I don't know. Lower Decks is the one, and I think I'm more excited for those just in the sense like I don't know what they are as opposed to like lower decks I do know. So, out of like all the shows, Lower Decks is really like the one I'm really really pumped about.
0: Well, I'm just I'm okay,
1: no, keep it in, keep it in, do it. It's good, all right, all right,
0: okay, (laughs) fine. Uh, so I will look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. I just like broke. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll keep that in. <laughs> That's wonderful. So I will see you soon, Jesse.
1: <laughs> I will see you soon as well. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Clearly, I am still regaining my podcasting legs. Uh, but next we have Darren Moser. Darren was my co-host on Saturday Morning Trek, and uh, Darren, you're not uh, you're not in a wood panel den anymore. And I'm back. Yes, I've swapped out
2: <laughs> the wood panel for the imperial. Uh, Unitarian look, but you never know what you're going to get uh, with this new animation, so you have to keep it changing up.
0: It, it, you know, it probably does look a little closer to Star Wars than than TAS, <laughs> at least the, the stuff that we've been looking at. Like, there's the that big city that sort of feels like it'd be a version of Corsican or something like that.
2: Well, and TAS, I mean, it's literally season four of the original series, yeah. so. Very true. They, they kept yeah. it looking exactly the same, <laughs> just animated.
0: Right. Uh, so what are you looking forward to in Prodigy? I know we've talked about uh, when the time comes, we'll also uh, get your children's viewpoint, because Prodigy is aimed at kids. It, more so even than TAS, I think. That's true. It, it
2: has a definitely a, a a view of you have the old-time Trekkers who are excited for something new that's animated. Like we had lower decks and now we have something uh, like you said, is aimed even more at kids. Uh, You know, I'm looking forward to them dealing with those Star Trek ethical dilemmas. I always felt that that was an interesting aspect of Star Trek when you could take something that was happening nowadays or, you know, put it in that sci-fi lens and, talk about it in a deeper way that you really couldn't if it wasn't in sci-fi and animation lends itself to anything you can draw you know you they if they want to <laughs> go up against a tyrannical you know people that have they're that 50 foot tall they could do that you know, they just draw them
0: they'll bring spock in they'll, they'll have be, yeah they'll, spock
2: will be <laughs> they'll have a statue a 200 foot tall statue to him in the background right <laughs>
0: Uh, it'll be, it actually it'd be really interesting to see, you know, because we know that there's some Alpha Quadrant uh, characters, and this takes right. place a few years after Voyager gets back. So I'm really curious to see like how it works and how they get there, and kind of the we were talking is like the joke is that, uh, you know, how is it only a few years after Voyager gets back? Well, it's Janeway. It could be time travel. Who knows? <laughs> the ship That's could be true. from the far future. I mean, she's it's a very short time period of, to get back be turned into a hologram, and then somehow that ship ends up being a derelict ship in the Delta Quadrant.
2: Well, you do have, uh, I mean, I guess it really comes down to how did the hologram get created? Did they create it, and it get left behind like a module, kind of like the Doctor did, Mm -hmm. and it's literally a delta quadrant version of janeway before they leave and they just come across it and plug it into their oh, ship and it literally never left the delta quadrant uh but like you said there are some alpha quadrant species like i think there's a Tellarite okay. and a few others so Medusin, yeah how how really does that all work again yeah. world building at its finest and i'm i'm yes. here for it
0: well the funny thing is the, uh, you know earlier on people were like well that can't be those are delta or uh, alpha quadrant yeah if you've watched Voyager, there's a lot of Alpha Quadrant things that end up in, in Voyager, and we also have the Borg, who just bring everybody. So, that's true. That's
2: true. You know, maybe they brought a ship full of Tellarites through a uh, transwarp conduit and but forgot to assimilate them along the way,
0: <laughs> right? Or decided that they weren't you know worthy of their assimilation.
2: What are you most excited about with Prodigy coming?
0: I'm really excited to see the design style, because in my head, when somebody said, you know, it would be great if we did a new animated Star Trek, you know, a few years ago, I was just, my brain created what this looks like, you know, Mm. it's sort of a, one of those, you know, Star Wars Rebels slash...
2: A more modern look. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And it's sort of, you know, when I was looking at, they had the uh, job postings for when they were first uh, doing this, they information they gave was that it was very avatar-like. Avatar, Cora. Okay. So I was also really excited that, that that feels like it'll be really good world building, but also storytelling. And, you know, it's not just going to be fun in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> you know, right, it's like,
2: exactly. It's not just fun in games. I mean, the Delta yeah. Quadrant isn't really all fun in games. But right. now it is a three-dimensional show, though, correct? Not 2D like Avatar yes. was? Oh, okay. Correct. Yeah. So more like you said, like Rebels or Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's amazing I think the quality the that tone. they can crank out. Oh, yeah, the the group of kids yeah. kind of leading the
0: plot as opposed to the adults of the plot. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really excited to see what your kids think, because I think that's... We haven't really brought kids into like, hey, what do you think of Star Trek? You know, so...
2: That's true, and they they're right now they're watching through some of the re-released Star Wars droids cartoon from oh, wow because uh, that's shown up on Disney Plus. So they yeah they enjoy you know Looney Tunes and a lot of YouTube and such. So it'll be interesting to see their perspective.
0: Yeah, definitely. Here's a random thing about droids that I was I was kind of going through it a few months ago. Uh, there's a Kylo Ren in the droids. That's
2: right, there <laughs> is. Well, with Star Wars nowadays, a lot of stuff is drawn from the original inspiration, like Macquarie art and other things. And I mean, you look at Rebels and uh, Zeb is based off of like the proto Chewbacca that you had from the concept art. And it's cool how they keep dipping to that well, but in a new way that Mm -hmm. makes it still fresh. So I think Star Trek has just a deeper well, and I'm hoping we'll get a lot of really interesting you know, animated series, uh, aliens. You know, from TAS that only showed oh, yeah, up like true. birds yeah. and beasts
0: and snakes and all <laughs> sorts of crazy things. Get some Cations in there. Speaking of Cations, I'm really excited about seeing your perspective on this show because when we did a Saturday morning trick together, we were looking at TAS from two different perspectives. I was the Person who had watched it originally. You were somebody who saw it when you were, you know, your when you were younger, but also like in the nineties. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Having a perspective where we're both seeing it for the first time. Yeah. But again, everyone is going to take it in a different way, and I don't know. Maybe one day you'll need a, a second book to add <laughs> to your collection, and we'll end up with the Lower Deck slash Prodigy uh, Compendium. You go with the official guide to of the animated series.
0: I, you know, I'm open to that. Anybody wants to, you know, tap me to do that, I am, I'm ready.
2: Well, we'll have to finish up the shows first before they're... Well, yeah, that's uh, true. ...when they stabilize with their characters. I was thinking with Lower
0: Decks, I'm like, how many seasons is that going to be? And should I start, like, contacting people now? <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed doing the book, and I think there's just something really special about being able to... to capture those stories before they disappeared, and that's, uh, you know, I'll be doing more TAS stuff with John Cooley, and I'm excited about going through and revisiting some of that, and now that it's been, you know, I've given it a couple years, and I I haven't been so involved in TAS, I now get a chance to kind of see that again from a fresh perspective.
2: Yeah, my one of my co-hosts from City Alpha Three, Philip Gilfus, has been going through the animated series, albeit slowly. I'm like, there's only twenty <laughs> some odd episodes, so uh, you he, do it uh, in a weekend. <laughs> he's savoring it. <laughs> yeah. I think is the way he takes it, but he is enjoying it and and looking at the your animated guide as he's learning
0: through each chapter. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think going slow is a good way not to get the music perpetually stuck in your head. <laughs> oh well, yes, it's you know I still I still have it stuck in my head.
2: <laughs> da 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 da. It just yeah, yeah. Yes. They use it over and over <laughs> as they run from here to there. But you know, it it all works. Budget reasons. Budget reasons. Yes.
0: Well, thank you so much, Darren. I'm excited. I think I'll probably be seeing you in the fall, hopefully. We're not 100% sure when products are starting. Yeah, we're not
2: quite sure what order we're getting it in, but it's definitely coming soon.
0: And I'm very much hoping that it does not overlap with Lower Decks because that would just be insanity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they would only do that if they wanted to stick it to the person doing an animated show by (laughs) airing both animated shows at the exact same time
0: uh i'll just then just record all the time i'll just be sitting at my my mic just reacting to things (laughs) and just record everything in my life
2: i mean you can live on 22 hours a day uh you know freedom but no
0: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much and i will be seeing you soon live long and prosper that brought back a whole lot of good memories (laughs) and and speaking of remembering remember there is an animated series. <laughs> and speaking of TAS, uh, John, hey. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Good, how about you? Uh, great, thanks. I am really looking forward to talking TAS with you because you and I both are from that era.
3: That's our, that's our childhood. Oh, uh, childhood, adulthood, every era in between. <laughs> um, you know, TAS coming out of the... The wave of popularity that TOS was enjoying in the early 70s in syndication and then TAS coming along to support that and give us a whole new playground that we could beam down to and play with. Uh, it's just awesome time to be a Trekkie. Um, you know, phasers, communicators, toys by Mego, everywhere you looked, uh, people running around in little green Star Trek shirts. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs>
0: No, uh, we'll eventually have that discussion about colors of uniforms and badges and all sorts of things,
3: because it actually does tie into TAS, which you wouldn't think it would, but it does. Oh, absolutely. Well, especially because you had the same team from TOS, largely responsible for the animated series. So a lot of those concepts, a lot of those things that were really baked into TOS from the very beginning, end up in, the, in that new series, right. um, which sort of bridged the gap for all of us that love Star Trek in the seventies until we could get to the motion pictures.
0: When we were doing research for our book, we found some, I, I believe quotes that probably were never utilized because they, they wrote these fantastic press releases to go out to the newspapers and stuff. But newspapers are like, this is a cartoon. We're not going to run this. Uh, so <laughs> right. we have some, some quotes from Matt Jeffries talking about how, you know, we aren't going to have this fantastical, goofy cartoon version of the Enterprise. They are actually using references from the show and and it, how this is going to be look realistic. It's not going to be silly.
3: So well, per- I thought that was great. And, and that comes through, you know, uh, preparing for this. I was like, uh, it's been a while since I've revisited the animated series. And so I kind of decided uh, just sitting there, uh, but hey, I'm going to punch it up and start watching it again for the first time in uh, honestly a few years. And that first moment where you see the Enterprise come sailing across the screen, one of the things that really stood out to me was how realistic they tried to make it. It totally different than anything else in animation in 1973, 74, 75. Yeah. It, you, you could see light reflecting off the hull. You could see features of the hull that we knew intimately from watching TOS, even if it was on old NTSB television sets, uh, right. you know, things we, th- you know, where the brain fills in the gaps and it's stuff mm-hmm. we think we know. It was all there baked into the animation. And you could tell that that had been, really honed and crafted with love and with the yeah. supervision of somebody like, well, Matt. It's worth remembering that, you know, from the point of view of Gene Roddenberry and, and Dorothy Fontana and the others, they mm-hmm. weren't making this strictly for kids. Right. Uh, they were they literally it said for this is not a kiddie show. It's not a kiddie show. And, you know, the only time that had really been attempted uh, prior to that was the Flintstones. Yep, You know, that was about the only, that was the first stab at animated storytelling for the whole family. Right. And you go from the Flintstones to, you know, a decade and a half later with Star Trek, the animated series, before you get animation that's really aimed at the whole family again. And for, for modern viewers, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, who are accustomed to seeing the Clone Wars, or rebels or something right. with a more serious bent, this should be very familiar territory and even look quaint and antiquated. But for its time, yeah. it was really groundbreaking stuff. Um, and still is, I still find a lot of
0: it thrilling. And it'll be interesting when Prodigy comes out because it, it, as we talk about this being you know a show that's not just a kiddie show, Prodigy is going to be different because it really will kind of be the first Star Trek that is specifically aimed at a younger audience. Yes, everybody can watch it, but
3: it's more I feel like it's actually aimed even more so It's targeted at At a younger audience Uh, It's designed as a vehicle To bring in New younger viewers who Do not have uh, A prior entry into the Franchise Right. Um, You know, my daughter, for example She already loves Star Trek And she's, I know, looking forward To Prodigy, she and I have talked about it but really, it's for her contemporaries, who if she's wearing a Starfleet insignia, they're like, "What's that?" <laughs> There's literally generations of kids, and it pains me to actually say this out loud, who don't even know what Star Trek is. Yeah, and you know, Prodigy is going to be a course correction in a lot of ways, um, and it, you know, especially being- because it's also Nickelodeon. It's not just Paramount Plus. It's not. It's 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 less niche right now than it is. Correct, and Nickelodeon has, you know, now a couple of decades of experience appealing to kids, um, and marketing specifically for them. So I think this, but also main... not writing down to them, which is no, 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 no. Well, I mean, come on, uh, that's the one thing you can't do with a kid, and so many yeah. people forget that. If you're writing for kids, you you misserve them and yourself. If you talk down to them, you can't talk down to a kid. A kid can see straight through it. Yeah. Um, you've got to, you've got to write to their sensibilities, but at a high enough level that you still sound like an adult <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> um, they don't want to be pandered to. They just want to be entertained yeah. and prodigy from what I've seen already. And I've seen a few little things here and there uh, it's going to do that in spades. For the last, I'd say about 10 years or so, I've played around with uh, licensed product development specifically for Star Trek. And so that's afforded me uh, some, (laughs) I'd say, rarefied privilege here and there to see maybe what's going on behind the screen. Never mind that man behind the curtain. You're right. (laughs) His name is John be like JVC.
0: (laughs) JVC. I think that I have no idea what I was going to say now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I cracked you out of, out of yes. what you are doing. I, I love it. <laughs> well, I, let's just uh, basically, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about uh, revisiting uh, TAS myself because as also another kind of working within the Star Trek universe, I was a co-writer and designer of the official guide to the animated series. So it was a job for me for like three or four years. It, it, not that it wasn't fun, but it also was like, I, I had very specific goals and things I had to do. I'm looking forward to just watching it again and like looking at the story and like enjoying, enjoying it and seeing things maybe that I didn't see before, which is weird to think, but after the millions of times, I feel like I've watched these things, I can still
3: find new things in it. No, that's, that's the special delight that Star Trek gives us. I, I, I've watched Star Trek fairly consistently since the age of four. Um, there are people that I know who can count off how many times they've seen an episode. I can't. I stopped counting thirty years ago. Yeah. Um, and yet, there's still new depths in there. Uh, there's still new things that I notice. A trick of the light, something that they've done with the script that I never realized before. There, uh, TOS and the animated series stand almost alone together. As their own unique era of Star Trek, in which Star Trek was really laying the groundwork for everything that would come afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, T- uh, TAS specifically it still is still the gift that keeps on giving, you know, things like Spock's Origin, which finds its way into modern productions uh you know those things even alternate universes <laughs> yeah exactly uh
0: so there's really a lot to mine there the holodeck had its its uh, origins there we had even just you know story elements of uh being shrunk down like a tough little ship or whatever the from deep space 9 uh uh Reversing somebody's age when they did that to Doctor Pulaski, which that had already been done on the
3: counterclock incident, and so. it also gave us enormous pink tribbles.
0: Yes, <laughs> for which I am
3: eternally grateful. I still want somebody to produce
0: a tri- pink tribble beanbag. I don't like, know why but... it hasn't happened already. Exactly. So, if you're listening, John, <laughs> <laughs> paging licensing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I know that we're, we're going to try to all get together for the Lower Decks premiere coming up in August. So we'll all kick, all, all four of us will kick that off. And then as we move into specific shows, I'll be uh, co-hosting with, uh, I'll be co-hosting with Jesse Gender uh, for Lower Decks. Well, you for TAS and Darren Moser, who is my original co-host on Saturday Morning Trek for Prodigy, because we're going to actually also tap his children and see what they kind of what they think about it. His, his younglings, as he calls it, because he's also a very big Star Wars fan.
3: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And and I hope you won't mind. I know that our podcast is going to be focused on the animated, the original animated mm-hmm. series but um i was never one who was shy about getting some chocolate and some peanut butter so expect <laughs> us to touch on prodigy oh Lower yeah that's also oh totally
0: yeah no i th- i feel like especially with blower decks we've already seen references to tas so there's going to be some sort of crossover in that sense landrew
3: and- apologizes <laughs>
0: I am. I'm really hoping in Prodigy we maybe see something related to TAS too. But like, I'm sure we will. Spoilers. Uh, no, we're going to leave spoilers to uh, River Song. <laughs> well, thank you, John, and I will uh, be seeing you soon. Yep. Take care. LLAP. So as you can tell, we are going to have a lot of fun. Uh, our first episode will be towards the end of july early august and uh one of the first episodes that we do like we had talked about we're all going to get together and we're going to kick off season two of lower decks so until then live long and prosper no 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 we're not using that no we're not using that music no